supposed to have the joy of the Lord as a fruit of the Spirit. Amen. You're supposed to be operating and walking in the Holy Ghost. He says in Galatians 5, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. What he means is, if you're alive by the Spirit of God, operate in the Spirit of God. Amen. He doesn't want you to be hanging on. The Holy Ghost is there to empower you. Empower you to live a life of victory in the face of every giant. In the face of every affliction. In the face of every opposition. In the face of all that the enemy can do against you. I want you to know that the fruit of the Spirit will manifest if you continue to walk in the Spirit. Now, he says in the next verse... He's, he's kind of adding to this, and, and I, got, I got to move forward because there's something that the Lord wants you to get tonight. It says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, the weapons of our warfare are, 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 is Jesus. That's the weapon of our warfare. And, and calling on the name of Jesus and pleading the, the, the name of Jesus over a situation. And one of the things that where people also go awry is they begin to think that they need uh, an anointing from a man or they need a teaching from a man or they need to buy somebody's DVD set on spiritual warfare. Because once you start talking about spiritual warfare, people get kind of kooky sometimes because they start leaning on the arm of the flesh and they take it all the way into left field. But in reality, there's one name you need to know that every demon will flee to, every demon will bow to, amen, every addiction will be broken from, every chain will be broken, every captive will be set free at one name, amen. It's not that prophet's name with pink hair, it's not that prophet's name on YouTube. It's that man from Galilee named Jesus Christ of Nazareth that, that is God manifest in the flesh, that lived a perfect life, that defeated sin on that cross, that rose from the dead on the third day and is alive today, seated on the right hand of the Father of the Most High. Amen. That's the name. That's where your warfare is. And God's stirring you up because he wants you to begin to fight. Amen. The enemy is, is, is devouring the people of God because they're leaning on the arm of the flesh. And one of the realities is this, too. Not only are the people of God leaning on the arm of the flesh, but what you're about to see is we're supposed to cast something off. Right? Cast it down. Are you with me? Look what it says. It says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Now listen to this. Listen to what the Lord is saying. The, the casting down of imaginations is the devil's, the, the imaginations is the devil's warfare. Now he, he's, he specializes in planting thoughts in your head. He specializes in shooting in, in Ephesians in the armor of God. You see it in the shield of faith, quenching all the fiery darts. It says of the wicked one, quenching the fiery darts of the wicked one. So the wicked one is launching fiery darts at you. And we understand that these are imaginations that he plants in your head. Now, every imagination in you doesn't come from the devil, but some do. And you need to be able to know God good enough so that you know what's of God and what's not of God. Amen. You, you, you got the word. Look, many people shed blood so that you could have one of these in your lap. There's no excuse for this thing to grow dust on it. One of the giants of the faith, D.L. Moody, he said that he's never seen somebody be a backslider that diligently read the word of God every day. Never seen somebody become a backslider if they diligently read the word of God every day. And the reality is, in order for you to understand and have discernment over what thought is of God and what is not of God, you have to know the Word of God. You have to know the Word of God. You, you, look, you can call me up, but there might be times I might be busy. You can call up your friend, brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so, but they might be busy. Or they might be having a bad day. They might be trying to blow you off. You need to know the Word of God. 
You need to know the Word of God. You need the Holy Spirit's influence in your life like never before because the liar, the deceiver knows that his days are short and he's going out seeking to deceive nations and churches and people and destroy families and lives and he's seeking to destroy you as well. And what you have to stand on is the Word of God. It's supposed to be that lamp for your feet and a light for your path. And you're supposed to stand on that Word. You are. I I can pray for you, but at some point, you've got to pray. Believe uh, Brother Raven, he said a lot of people would, would rather put their name on a prayer list than go pray. We, we used to have a situation in our church where we would let people put their name on a prayer list and we would pray. But I stopped all that. Say, you're going to put your name on a prayer list, you're going to come to prayer meeting. So we do the prayer list at prayer meeting now. Because a lot of times people would rather someone else pray for them. But at some point, we've got to get some spiritual maturity and we've got to go and tarry before the Lord. The Lord requires you to pray. Amen. He requires you to pray. You to believe. You've got to believe. You've got to hold to the Lord. You've got to seek his face. And so the reality is, is that there's a casting down. And the way that you cast something down is you rebuke it in Jesus' name. The enemy will, will launch a fiery dart, a thought into your life. And you've got to have the wherewithal to understand well, the discernment of the spirit. To understand that was not of God. I rebuke that thought in Jesus' name. That's how you cast that thought down, okay? You cast down that evil imagination by saying, God, that I know is not from you. And I rebuke it now in Jesus' name. So if you ever thought of, you know, if you pull up and you see um, the Brinks truck at the bank and you see the back door open and all the guards on lunch break and the bags of money are right there, amen, and you get that thought, oh, man, I could retire real quick. Then I could go to the mission field. That's how the devil lies. That's exactly how the devil lies. Well, if I take one of those bags of money, I could quit working. Then I could go to the mission field and God would be okay with that. No, he wouldn't. No, but the devil twists things like that, and he, 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 he closed things in a rosy lens, an ungodly act. And what you've got to have is discernment to know and understand that's not from God, and you've got to rebuke that thing in Jesus. Otherwise, if you let that thought continue in your head, it will begin to attach. See, the battlefield's in the mind when it comes to the things of the devil, that's where things generate at. It's in the mind right there. Now, I, I, I want to put something before you. God calls on you, come on now, to cast it down. Cast it down. I, and and here's, the, here's the thing I want you to see. You cannot continue <laughs> casting down imaginations, rebuking thoughts from, from Satan, and then entertaining the very same thoughts day after day after day. Let me tell you, if, if you have, say, a problem with lust, you can't be rebuking the thoughts of lust. Oh, I shouldn't have thought that. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. And then watch all the filth on TV. What you're doing is you're casting down, but you're not casting off. And when it comes to the things of God, you've got to not only cast down, but you've got to cast off the things that are not of God. And I believe that the Lord really wants you to get this tonight. That he not only wants you to cast down ungodly thoughts, but he wants you to cast off ungodly works and ungodly things and ungodly deeds. There are what the Lord's, whenever I was praying, the, the word that the Lord spoke to me is lie ties. He said that many people have lying ties. In other words, you might get into a situation where you rebuke a thought because you know it's ungodly, but there's a tie between you and a certain TV show. And the very thing that has defeated you over and over and over and you keep going to get prayer for, and you keep battling, and you keep going through all kinds of issues with, you keep watching and letting it filter into your heart from TV or from music, or from a friend. You might have a friend that speaks doubt 
And you over here praying for faith when you've got a friend speaking doubt. You might be, you might be praying for the Lord to keep your mind pure while you're watching Cinemax or HBO. You might be praying that the Lord would help you with your tongue when you're watching movies that are, that are you know, using all kinds of filthy curse words. How in the world can this be? The Lord said it's insanity. Because on one hand, we, we, you know, we believe, okay, if that's a bad thing, we need to cast that thing down. But we're not casting it off because we're entertaining the very thing God wants us to cast down. You see, I, I've seen that happen in people's lives before. And they say, and you can see it in kids' lives. You, you know, kids not going to have a nightmare. But you let them watch a bad movie, a scary movie, they're going to have a nightmare. Right? Because it got put in their heart. And you can cast that thought down. You can rebuke it in Jesus' name. Pray against it. Pray against it. Pray against it. You let them watch another horror movie the next night. And guess what's going to happen? It did not matter how much you prayed. If you let them continue watching that kind of stuff, they're going to continue to have nightmares. You can go over to somebody's house that, oh, I just have an uneasy feeling in my house, and you can pray for them. But look, if those people continue flirting with the devil and entertaining witchcraft and watching ungodly things, they're going to continue to have an unholy presence in their home. I've seen it happen. I've seen somebody ask for prayer in their home because, you know, the, the drawer opened up or the, the cabinet door shut and I'm scared. Well, I'll come. You know, I, I know God. I'm going to come. We're going to come and we're going to run the devil out in Jesus' name. And then you continue in your witchcraft and you continue with, your, with, with all the things that are ungodly. You're going to be inviting those presences right back in. It doesn't matter how much casting down you do if you don't cast off the works of the flesh. That's what I want you to see. God said that there's lying ties. And some of us are not winning in the spiritual battle because we're not casting off what we've casted down. That's why so many people will never move forward in God because they don't have that, that, that finality in their life to say, you know what, it's time to unplug cable. You know what, it's time to stop listening to that filter. You know what, it's time to stop going over there to that place because every, you know. You might say, Pastor, that seems kind of harsh. Well, there's precedence for it in the Word of God. Let me show you in Acts chapter 19. Situation with the Apostle Paul. I want you to think about what are some of the lying ties that may keep you connected to things that God wants you to reject. Did you hear that? Think about some lying ties that keep you connected to what God wants you to reject. Think about that. Acts chapter 19, one of my favorite passages, one of the better chapters of the Bible. Not that the inner are not good, but some are your, I, I glean a lot from this chapter. It says in Acts chapter 19, and we're, we're, we'll start with verse number 17. But you know, you, you, you can't continue tying your flesh to something in the natural and expect to have a spiritual victory in it. If you've got a problem with lust and you've also got a subscription to a dirty magazine, you're never going to get victory. You need to take a step of faith, cancel the thing. If you've got ungodly, ungodly things going on in your life and you're not, look, for instance, there's, there are witchcraft things that people even have in their homes, and they wonder why there's no peace of God in their home, and they wonder why they don't experience the presence of God anymore because they've allowed things into their home that are witchcraft. They, you may have, now most of y'all know what like a Ouija board is. You may not allow that, but you may allow witchcraft on your TV. You might allow it in tarot cards. You might allow it in, some people today, you may not even know this, but, but the Disney Junior Channel has witchcraft on it. Some video games that these kids play are nothing but straight up witchcraft today. They have things that, you know, a horoscope, that's witchcraft they have these things called dream catchers. That's witchcraft. 
It's all, and, and so you can't play on both sides of the fence. You can't expect to, to rebuke, you know, the, the things that are ungodly and experience the powerful presence of God when you're continuing to invite unholiness into your life. If you cast it down, you need to also cast it off. See, you have some people that, 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 that have those, those, those movies that they watch that it's always, how many of y'all know those kinds? They're like the soap operas that they used to have. I don't know if they still have them, but they did in the 80s when I was a kid. But they, they would have those soap operas where there was always somebody that was cheating on somebody with somebody else's sister who was the stepson of somebody whose cousin came in town and then they cheated on with that one. And then you watch that stuff and you allow that to get in your heart and then you wonder why you always looking at your spouse with a suspicious eye. Because the devil's done got you. You're no longer operating in the spirit. Now you're operating off of the devil's playground. And you wonder why you can't move forward in God because the devil's got you playing ping pong in his game. And that's just one example. You can, you can, you can use that same exact scenario in, in all kinds of different avenues. And you wonder why you're not moving forward in God. It's because you're just playing ping pong because you continue to allow ungodly things to influence you. Cast off what you're also supposed to be casting down. Watch what God won't do. Acts chapter 19 and verse 17, you had this mighty revival begin to break out as Paul began to preach. He began to teach people about the, about the Holy Spirit and walking in victory. And, and, and they had this great um, healing that began to happen. And then they had a deliverance. They had a, a demon cast out. And I don't know about you, but, you know, the Holy Ghost, he still delivers from demons. The demons haven't retired, even though the church has. Come on, somebody. The, the, the church might have stopped believing in demons, but demons didn't stop existing. Just because you, 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 you oh, I don't believe in that. Well, where do you think they went? You think they in on Tahiti, on the beach? You think they're already in hell? They were here when Christ was here. They're still here. And Jesus said in Mark chapter 16 that, that if we believe, those signs will follow us and we're going to cast out demons in Jesus' name. So anyways, this man had, a, a, um, had this happen. And, and um, look what happened in verse 17. I'm just going to pick it up right here. It says, this was known to all the Jews and Greeks also dwelling at Ephesus, and fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. Watch this. And many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds, many of them also which used curious arts. That's witchcraft for you brought their books together and burned them before all men. And they counted the price of them and found that it was 50,000 pieces of silver. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. I want you to see something. They, they would not, these people right here, they would not have experienced the prevailing power of God in their life had they not come. If they would have just said, you know what, um, pray for me that these evil spirits would leave me. But they didn't burn those witchcraft books and all of their knowledge of witchcraft. They would have continued being relegated to spiritual infants. And they would have been continued having tormenting spirits. And they would have continued not not having any victory at all in their life because they would have refused to put off what they're supposed to also be casting down. And, and this, to me, it represents so many things in our lives. You, you, you may not be involved in witchcraft where you have books that you need to burn, but you might need to cancel subscriptions or turn off the TV or put down the, the phone or, you know, block the website, whatever you do. You know, one movie we saw about a marriage, a guy couldn't win a victory over pornography, and, and it, co it almost cost him his marriage. And he, he took his computer out, took it outside, and he took a baseball bat to that computer, and he beat that that computer down you know it, you got to do what you got to do 
But the reality is, is if, if, if you got to understand, they understood we can't have this anymore. We can have this or we can have God, but we can't play both sides of the fence. And, and if you really want the power of God to be manifest in your life, choose him. Choose him over these ungodly things. And, and there's no lack of selection in our society. I mean, you can't even watch a commercial on TV anymore without being influenced by something ungodly. You can't even watch an ad most of the time on YouTube or something like that without something ungodly coming on it. In fact, you've got to screen what your kids come home from school with. And I'll just go ahead and tell you, you know, a lot of people today, they are living in straight up fear. Oh, did you hear? 87,000 IRS agents are after us now. Well, did you hear two-thirds of the the angels are on my side? I don't care how many IRS agents they got. I've got the name of Jesus and two-thirds of the angels on my side. Why are you going to operate in fear when God's on your side? What are they going to do? Honestly. But the reality is, is people are getting influenced by what they watch and what they put before their eyes. And the the Lord tells us in one of my favorite Proverbs, it says to guard your heart with all diligence because out of your heart are the issues of life. And one of the things that we see in, in the church world is people are more influenced by Fox News than Jesus Christ. They're more influenced by CNN than Jesus Christ. They're more influenced by some prophet with pink hair than Jesus Christ. They're more influenced by the stock market than Jesus Christ. And it's sad to say, a lot of people are more influenced by the demonic, witchcraft, Hollywood, video games, the genres of all that kind of stuff than Jesus Christ. They begin to dress like, act like, talk like the world rather than the Holy Ghost. People today are moved by fear rather than faith because they're allowing ungodly things into their life. And the devil, the devil will plant those thoughts. The devil will tell you, oh, pastor, he's going off on one tonight. You okay with your show? Well, you okay with your show as long as it doesn't contradict this, right? As long as it don't contradict that. I tell you, one of the things that, I, and, and you, 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 you got the Holy Ghost yourself, so you got to work that out with him. But one of the things that the Holy Ghost led me to do is if that thing has a filthy curse word in it, I'm not allowing it into my heart. I'm not allowing it into my kids' lives. And especially if they, if they take God's name in vain, I, I don't know about you, but that's still one of the Ten Commandments in my Bible. And I'm not down with that. I'm not down with that. So one of the things that we've got to do is we've got to make sure that we're not allowing ungodly things to influence us. We see here that, that these people, they had witchcraft in their life. And people today are so nonchalant with the things of, of, of the world that they don't even understand that there's things in their home that are ungodly. And they wonder why they're not moving forward with God. Think about how many people are influenced by what they see on TV, what they see in Hollywood, what they listen to on the radio, what, they, what, what they're influenced by. The enemy knows if he can put things before your eyes, he can get them into your thoughts. See, back in the day, the enemy would have to use a long bow to get those thoughts planted in people's head. But today, it's a short one, about 10 inches. Before there, was, before there was Hollywood, before there was phones and internet and all this stuff, there they would be all kinds of, 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 of different things that the enemy would have to But now, it's just media. Boom. Right there. You're going to be influenced by media one way or another. You see, one of the things that, that I believe makes us hypocrites is when we want to cast down these evil thoughts, but we're not willing to cast off evil works. Please hear that. I I don't know any Christian that doesn't want an evil thought cast down. But I know many that will never cast down or cast off an evil work. They're not willing to separate. That's my show. That's my show. 
Well, and the sad thing is, a lot of even Christian leaders today are watching TV shows that are filled with pornography, filled with, with filthy language. There was one back in the day, and I never saw an episode of it, but I just read a report of it called Game of Thrones or King of Thrones or something like that on HBO. And these Christian leaders would be saying, oh, the new episode comes out tonight. Well, what are you putting into you? What are you putting into you? And the, and the thing is, is, is you wonder why you start having these ungodly thoughts about people. You wonder why your flesh is beginning to gain strength and your spirit's beginning to appear weak because God's not going to be mocked. If you sow to the flesh, what are you going to reap of the spirit? You sow a tomato seed, you think you're going to reap a watermelon? And yet, in the church, we think we can give in to the flesh. That's my TV show. Pastor's crazy. He's, he's a holy roller. He don't know what he's talking about. That's my show. And I'm going to sow to my flesh. And you're going to reap of your flesh. The word of God says you're going to reap of your flesh corruption. Corruption. And then you're going to wonder why you don't have the peace of God. You're going to wonder why you don't have victory in your life. You're going to wonder why you have no joy. You're going to wonder why you don't have any of the fruits of the Spirit manifesting in your life. Why you're not operating in the gifts of the Spirit. Why isn't God using me? Why isn't He calling me? Because you haven't been separated unto Him. You haven't been separated. You're still tied up to the lie of the devil. So are you willing to cast off what God calls you to cast down? That's the question. Turn with me to Psalm 101. Psalm 101. Hallelujah. Getting quiet in this Presbyterian church. Hallelujah. So one of the things that you see over here in Psalm 101 is this, this Psalm of David. And how many of y'all know that there was a time in David's life that he failed? How would you like that about you, though, right? Like your greatest failure, the Lord puts in his book for the whole world to see. No, we wouldn't like that. But, but David was a man after God's own heart and God put it in there. But, but you see, whenever David failed the greatest, it was because he put something before his eyes that shouldn't have been there. He looked at a woman he shouldn't be looking at. Amen. And the reality is, is he should have never been there to begin with. He should have been at war. He should have been with the men instead of with the women. But he hung back with the women and he saw a woman taking a bath. And the enemy planted that thought. And he lost the battle. And Uriah lost his life. And this child lost his life. And David almost lost the kingdom. Had he not have that great repentance. But you see, he learned something. He learned something. And, and, and Paul says that the, the things of the Old Testament are written for our example. Look what David says here in verse number one. He said, I will sing of mercy and judgment unto thee, O Lord. Will I sing. I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. When wilt thou come unto me? I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. Now, that's key. If you're going to go anywhere with God, you're going to have the desire to walk upright before God. God doesn't settle for lukewarmness. God doesn't settle for half in and half out. God wants all of you. He's a whole enchilada kind of God. He don't want part of you. He wants the whole thing. Amen. And, and, and God is not satisfied with somebody being wishy-washy and lukewarm. Jesus said he'll spew you out of his mouth. And he said that to a church. He said that to a church. I will spew you out of my mouth. Hold on. I'm part of the church. I'm the frozen chosen. You can't spew me out. Well, that's what Jesus said. He didn't say he'd spew out the unbeliever. He said he'd spew out the believer that was lukewarm. That's what he said. It's serious, guys. Why, why is the Lord so hot and heavy on this? Because we in a day of deception. 
We in, the, we in a time where, where lies are increasing, the devil's on the prowl, he knows his time is short, and he's after you, he's after your family, and he's after the influence you could have if you walked upright with God. If you walked in the power of the Holy Spirit. If you not only lived in the Spirit, but walked in the Spirit, what could God influence through you? Think about it. It, they say that 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 a, a, a chain is only as good as its weakest link. Everybody wants everybody else to take up their slack. But, but here you see David, he said, I'm going to walk within my house with a perfect heart. I'm going to walk upright before you, God. Even if my pastor don't call me, I'm going to pray. What if pastor, what if pastor don't come and, and ask me, are you reading your word? Are you praying? Do you have enough desire for God to do it anyways? What if pastor doesn't come to you and say, have you been spending time in the presence of God? Would you spend time in the presence of God anyways? Just because you want to walk up right before him? So he said, I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. And look at verse 3. This is the part I want you to see. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. A froward heart shall depart from me. I will not know a wicked person. You see, this part here says, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. That's exactly what we're talking about tonight is these people that they get wrapped up in stuff and they get drama, they get spiritual drama, and they've got to come and they've got to get a deliverance. That's okay. We're going to pray in Jesus' name. You're going to get set free because my God still sets the captive free. But the reality is if you keep going back to the same old thing, you're going to get those chains put back on you. Because God said, don't set no wicked thing before your eyes. See, that's a shortcut for the devil. He don't even have to put it in your mind if you put it in your eyes. It's like saying, it's like saying, you know what, devil? I got this. Don't worry about it. You don't have to plant a thought in me. I'm going to go just put it before my eyes. You don't, have to, you don't have to mess with me about witchcraft. I'm going to allow it in my home. I'm going to allow it in my life. I'm going to do this. I'm going to watch what I want. The devil don't even have to launch those thoughts. You set it before your eyes, and the devourer just eats away. And that's, that's what we see in the church world today. But here's the, the reality is you've got to be willing to let go of whatever those ties are. That's the thing. If it's a wicked thing. If it's a wicked thing, you've got to be willing to let it go. It don't matter what I say. Look what the Word of God says. Is it a wicked thing? Ask God. You don't even have to ask my opinion because, you know, I'll probably be pretty harsh. That's my kids. No, we can't do that. No, we can't go there. That's not what we do. We serve God. But you, you ask the Holy Spirit yourself, is this a wicked thing? You want to walk in victory? Start walking in the Spirit. And so we see that there has to, there has to be a place where you say, you know what, God? I'm willing to let that go so that I can have you. I'm willing to let that thing go so that I can have you, Lord. Even if it's something so silly as worldly music. You know how many ungodly thoughts get planted in Christians' heads because they're so bent on listening to, quote, secular music? What's the song about? Honestly, it's about um, a, a, having a sexual relationship. It's about not having provision because you don't have nothing anymore. Or it's about pride of life. What else is it about? What is a secular song about? Ungodly things. And yet, we have people today that, that, that just be bopping around, allowing ungodly things, and the devil don't even have to work. 
Devil's sitting in Tahiti in his recliner because we're just pumping it into our hearts. We're pumping it into our ears. We're pumping it before our eyes. He said, I'll set no wicked thing before my eyes. In other words, Lord, I choose you. I choose you over ungodly things. And that's a, that's a place, that's a, a thing you've got to decide. I can't decide that for you. You can't decide it for me. You can't make me back off. You can't make me go forward. I can't do that for you either. You've got to decide. You're going to live consecrated unto God. And the reality is, a lot of people, as you heard this morning, a lot of people are in perpetual crisis because they'll never come to a place of consecration unto God. A lot of people are in perpetual crisis because they'll never be consecrated unto God. Once you become consecrated unto God, crisis, gone. You get alone with God, it don't matter what everything else is doing. You can have stars falling, the sun not shining. You can have a cupboard bare. You can have everybody desert you. But if you've got God and you're in the, in the presence of God, it don't matter what all that stuff's doing. Crisis is averted when you've, when you've been consecrated unto God. Well, there's things that you've got to let go of. One of the, one of the things that um, I don't have time to go into, but I'll just drop this if you want to write it down. Luke chapter 14, verses 15 through 27. Let me just touch on it. T- t- turn with me over there to Luke 14. I'm, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I just want to touch on it. Luke, four, Luke 14. Cannot read the whole thing, but, well, we can do whatever the Lord wants us to do. Luke 14, I want to show you something in verse uh, number 16. Luke 14, verse number 16. This, the, the, the problem here is excuses. How many of you know that whenever, whenever somebody starts preaching along these lines, everybody comes up with an excuse for why their soap opera is okay? Or why it's so, because, you know, that's my job. Or, you know, that, that, that's, that's, my, that's my way that I relax, Pastor. Everybody's got their thing. And excuses will keep you out of where God wants to take you. You can, ex- I want you to think about something. You can excuse yourself from the purpose of God. You can. You can't excuse yourself from the purpose of God. It says in verse 16, Then he said unto them, A certain man made a great supper, and he he bade many. And he sent his servant at supper time to say unto them that were bidden, Come, all the things are now ready. And they all, with one consent, began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. Pastor, I can't make it to church. I got to make sure the grass is green. I got to water my grass. Pastor, I can't make it to church. You know, I, got, I just put in some new flowers and I got to tend to them. Pastor, they got a piece of ground and they got to see about it. You might say, that's silly. This is just an example the Lord's showing us with. How sometimes we can put the things of life ahead of an intimate supper with him. Think about it. It's not, it, it's not only just about church service. This is about you going to sup with Jesus. That's the context, actually. And the Lord invites you to come and sup with him. Let's get biblical. The Lord invites you to come and sup with him, to, 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 be, uh, to, to separate yourself from the world and, and come away unto him. Come to that prayer closet. Come into his presence. Come into that intimate place of relationship with Jesus. And yet, how many times do we make excuses? I got to weed eat. I got to do this. I got to do if I don't. If I don't water the grass, it's not going to be as green as my neighbor's, and I can't have that. 
When are we going to get to the point where we say, you know what? I can't go without Jesus. The next excuse, it says, uh, another said, I have bought, this is verse 19, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and, and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. Just random things going on where excuses, and I want you to see, you can always make an excuse for not coming away with Jesus. I've, I've often said this, if you want to find fault with somebody, the devil will give you a magnifying glass. Because everybody's got a fault, right? And if you want to pick somebody apart, he'll let you. He'll give you a magnifying glass so you can see every little speck. But last time I checked, the Word of God says love covers a multitude of sins. Amen. Um. So these, these excuses begin to go forward, and what happens is it keeps people from getting along with God. What I want you to see in this part, though, is that you've got to be willing to let the yard be the yard. Let the oxen be the oxen. Amen? The relationship will actually be better if you go and sup with Jesus. I just got married. Well, you really need to go get along with Jesus. You got married, you need Jesus more than you thought you needed. And the thing is, is when it comes to the things of life, the devil will do anything to keep you in a place of excusing yourself from the presence of God. And you'll excuse those works of the flesh as well. Well, that's just my Netflix show. That's what I use to relax. And you'll excuse yourself from casting off what God wants you to cast down. Look at the conclusion that the Lord says in verse number 25. It said, There went a great multitude with him. He turned and said unto them, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Now the devil wears people out with that verse, but the word hate just means love less. It's not in, in, in the direct correlation is in Romans chapter nine. Jacob I loved and Esau I hated. God didn't hate Esau. He just loved Jacob more and poured out his blessing upon Jacob. That's it. And it's not that God wants you to hate people. It's that God wants to be number one. God refuses to be number two. Even of your own life. God would not tell you to hate yourself. He just wants you to love him more than you love you. Because you see, if you, if you love other things above God, you'll excuse yourself from going further with God. And it says, whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. And so I would say this to that. If, if you want to go further with God and you're not willing to cast off something, I will propose to you that's a cross you must bear. This is just how I relax. Well, if it's not of God, bear that cross. There's things that, you know what, there's things that, that, you, may, um, that, that you may be fond of that will, that will keep you from going further in God. And you've got to know, you know what, that's something, I, that's just a cross I've got to bear. That's just something I've got to deal with because I want God. Because I want God. One of the things we see in, in the Apostle Paul's life is that even though he was a Pharisee, he would rather have Christ. He cast off the pleasures and the, the, the promises and he cast off the ease of life of being a Pharisee. He was said he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees, but he counted it as loss. He counted it as dung that he may win Christ. 
You see, and we have problem casting off Netflix, or we have a problem casting off secular music when Paul cast off being a Pharisee. I mean, he said everything he cast off so that he can have Christ. And you think it's a big thing that God wants you to cast off what he's calling on you to cast down. No, it's not. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Last time I checked, that verse applies to you. Philippians chapter 4, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That means you can get along without HBO. That means you can get along without your soap opera. It means you can get along without whatever excuse it is. You don't have to have those things. You can lean on God, and God will provide for you. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, in, my, in me, I can't do nothing. I will run off the track. I will fail. I will flounder. I will run out of steam. But I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You can too. I don't know what your thing is. I don't know what God's challenging you to cast off and to cast down. I don't know what excuse could keep you from going further in God, but I can tell you this, you can do that through Christ who strengthens you. You can't do it in and of yourself. Don't try it in your own strength, but you can do it through Christ who strengthens you. You can do it through Christ who strengthens you. Every, every situation that you come up before, God is calling on you to choose, to choose him, to not have a lying tie, tie yourself to something of this wicked world. The word of God says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, that we are new creatures in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You are not old. You are new if you're in Christ. And if you're a new creature, you should have a new, you should have new things that you put in your life, not the old things. If the old things are passed away and all things are made new in you, stop living off the old life. Stop allowing the old things into the new heart. If God gave you a new heart, why would you pump old junk into it? If God gave you a new, a new life, a new beginning, a new chance, God gave you new life, why would you ever allow the things of the old to influence the new? And yet, how many times do we see this in the church? Because people, as, the, as, as Elijah told them, how long will you halt between two opinions? How long will you halt between two opinions? How long will you go between the old and the new before you say, Lord, I'm all yours. Lord, I'm all yours. I believe that the word of, of, of the Lord this evening is that he's calling on us to cast off what the spirit is calling on us to cast down. Many Christians today are not moving forward. They don't have peace. They don't have joy because they keep trying to cast down, but they're not willing to cast off. They make every excuse in the book why they can't cast that thing off. You don't understand what it's like. You don't understand this. And I've been picking on TV shows, but it could be a, a friend. You could have an ungodly friend that keeps planting ungodly thoughts in your life. You, it, it, there's, you've, you've just got to allow the Holy Ghost to search that thing. Let him put the spotlight on it. He'll show you. But there, if there's ungodly influences in your life, you've got to, you've got to cast those things off. Or they're going to continue to influence you for ungodly things. This evening, I believe that God wants you to be consecrated unto him. I believe that God wants you to be consecrated unto him. I believe that God wants you to make a decision for him, to renew your vow to him. I believe that God wants you to choose him over the things of this world. You see, the, the people in the book of Acts, they burn their witchcraft books. I hope and pray none of y'all have witchcraft books in your home. But if you do, I'd advise burning them. One of the things that you see in, that they did, though, they burned those, those books of witchcraft but people today, they would sell them, put them on eBay. 
Make a buck off of it. Well, I can't allow it to take me to hell. So you're going to allow it to take someone else to hell? You're going to participate in their demise? Those are one of the things you've got to choose. You've got ungodly movies in your home. Don't sell them. Trash them. You, you, you have to make those, those steps before God and not participate in others' demise. Here you see something important. In Acts 19, these people were willing to let go of what they were known by. They were known for their witchcraft. And today, and, and, and we've got to do you know, more on witchcraft, I know, but, but there's many different ways that, that people engage in witchcraft. It, for one, for example, it, um, God says that rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. Witchcraft, in its most simplistic form, is trying to influence somebody without God. Trying to get them to do something. That's, you know, give them a potion, say a thing over them, and make them act how I want them to act. And witchcraft happens in churches. You'd be surprised. I remember a sermon Brother Clendenham taught about, you know, they had one church he, he helped to go straighten out. They had a, a, a downright witch running the Sunday school. They came and infiltrated and masked themselves so that they could keep the, the whole church in division the whole time. And sometimes, yeah, I've, I've seen other people where they've, they've, you know, gone down those kinds of roads. But I, it don't even have to be outright witchcraft. It can just be something God don't like. Just something God don't like. God says if it's unclean. If it's unclean, I don't want to touch it. No matter if it's a Ouija board or a piece of cheese I'm not supposed to eat. God says it's not for me. It's not for me. And that's, the, that, that's what God's looking for in the people of God in the last days. Is to not only, to, like a yo-yo, cast cast down an imagination, but then pick it right back up by what you allow back into your life. Stop playing yo-yo and start moving forward in the things of God. Amen? Amen. We're going to stop right there and, 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 and open up our altars for prayer tonight, but, but I just want you to begin to, to, to ask the Lord to search your heart, and if the Lord is speaking to you on, on this message, um, I invite you to come forward tonight. I invite you to come forward tonight. Father, I bless you tonight. I thank you for the people of God here. I thank you for the word of God. Lord, I thank you for the spirit of God. And I thank you, Lord, for your desire that your people would come out unto you without excuse. That we would be separated unto you. That we would be yours. We would no longer belong to the world. And we would no longer allow the world to have sway over us. But God, that we would be yours. Lord, I pray that, that you would touch the heart of your people as we open up our altars. Lord, I pray that you would receive each and every person and give them a new purpose. Give them a new beginning. Give them a fresh empowerment, Lord, of the Holy Ghost tonight. Lord, I ask it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Everybody that, 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 that the Lord is, is speaking to you tonight, please come forward. If the Lord's not speaking to you, stay where you're at. But if the Lord's speaking to you, please come forward at this time and, and pray.